Welcome back to another episode of the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Edwin Adams, and today, all the way from South Africa, social media influencer, entrepreneur, Timon Creek. Timon is one of the most incredible souls I've run into online. Uh, he adds to my understanding of the world, he adds to my understanding of Christianity, and he adds to my understanding of the power of commitment, love, courage, and faith, the superpowers that he so eloquently expresses in the world today. He touches the lives of many people, particularly younger people who are struggling with where they are and understanding the, the path forward. Timon is that bright light in the world that helps show them the way. So I'm really excited for you to hear this incredible conversation from a, a, a young man. He's only 28 years old, but his experience, his maturity, his passion, and his faith are old souls that cannot be denied. So enjoy this phenomenal conversation with one of today's greatest influencers. My curiosity, I think, is what what drives me, Timon. And and my curiosity is your origin story, if you're if you're willing to share that, because how you show up in the world today isn't how you've always shown up in the world, or is it? I guess that's that's a great place to start. Yeah, a, a lot of things have shifted for me um during my life you know I, I i used to be the kind of kid i i i was brought up pretty pretty normally i went to school went to university i was brought up in a christian home um at university i had a group of friends and i would always have considered myself as a christian as a believer but whether i was a full-on christian i would really contemplate on that because i had the mindset of you know you go to church on sunday because well, I was raised that way. You go to church on Sunday. That's just the way it is. You do it. I didn't want to do it, but that's just the way it is. So you go, right? And and so what I would typically do is on a Friday, I would go out, drink and do all of this stuff. And then come Sunday, I would just go to church and that felt normal. And then when life really started shifting for me is after university, you know, because university, it's easy to get by these kind of things, depending on your household. For me, it was pretty easy to, to get by because I could go drink alcohol and do all of these bad things and participate in all of these things. It's fine. I lived with my parents. My parents are relatively well off. So I didn't have external stress or factors or, you know, life is easy as, an, as, a, as a student. For me personally, I was, I'm, very, I'm very fortunate. When I study something, I can catch it relatively quickly. So I graduated with cum laude. I don't know if that's a term in, in the US, but it is in South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I basically graduated with my degree, my honors degree. I could just study and do really well. So I was very blessed. So I didn't really have any stress or factors outside of that. Just university, do well, and you're good, right? And then after that, that's when I got my first corporate job. It's kind of when you move away from home. So now you're earning your own money, you're on your own account. And that's really where life started to go very downhill for me personally, because I had an eight to five job where I was very unhappy. I was very dissatisfied. It was in the pharmaceutical industry um, with you being a pharmacist. Can you believe it? So I was the operations manager for a pharmaceutical group here in South Africa. They have 12 branches. So I was driving between the branches, doing the operational checklist, making sure the, the pharmacies comply with the pharmacy council um, and all the laws and regulations, you know, all the badges and everything that needs to be in place. That was my job. I hated this job. Um, my 
and I don't, I don't know, everyone says they don't like their bosses. That's a normal thing. You always hear that. But I genuinely did not like that because he was a very destructive person in saying that he breaks his employees down and he works on fear. So he will tell you that, well, if you don't want to do the job, that's fine. There are 100 other people that will accept the job for less money than you will. So he operates on fear, right? And so during this stage, it kind of felt like I was the slave errand boy to this boss, the CEO. I don't want to name the company anything, but I was the slave boy to him, just this errand boy running around. This boss was also into bad habits. So he was doing cocaine and all of these you know, drugs and stuff at work, you would even like, you could pick it up. And because of that, that plays a massive role on the way he is his personality, obviously, because they have these ups and downs when they go up and down. And this whole thing resulted into me feeling like I was worthless and all of this stuff. It had a very big impact on me as a person. And so that ultimately led to me getting into destructive habits. Why? Because during the week, I am this person, I'm broken down. I'm just like stepped all over. And so I want an escape from that, right? And so what I would do on the weekend is I would go out and partying and I would hook up with girls and, you know, all of these traditional world, worldly things because during the week I was the slave errand boy. And then in the weekend when I would go out to these nightclubs, I was this dude that's kind of ripped. I've always had a pretty good physique. So I get all the attention from everyone in there. And then it's like, whoa, I'm this Euro. Like I am the super player. And then Monday comes, Back to the slave errand boy. Back to the weekend, Euro. Exactly that. So it's just this up and down and up and down and up and down. And it's just not a sustainable thing to do because eventually life does catch up with you. And after two years of this, this cycle, I just couldn't do it anymore, man. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just figured, and I honestly said, I honestly said, what is the point of living this beautiful life that has been created for us? If you wake up five days out of seven days, you wake up, you absolutely dread your day. You don't even have the energy to get out of bed. You're so stressed to get to work. And on the weekends, on the Friday, you do all of these things. Then on the Saturday and the Sunday, you're depressed the whole weekend because you did it in the first place. And it's just the cycle, man. And it just, it just broke me apart inside. And that's really for the first time when I started doing, like genuinely touched the Bible and genuinely started learning, like, how can I get out of this thing? Because I just know God never put me on this earth to be this kid. Like I have so much, like I have so much more that I want to achieve. And I could never understand why don't I have success? Like, why am I in this lifestyle? Why am I earning the money I'm earning? Why am I getting walked over? But then I looked at what I was doing. Like I wasn't a person deserving success, like the kind of person I was. I didn't do that. I mean, I was living 90% for the world and 10% for God, right? That That's really it. But the moment I started to really realize it and it really hit me like rock, rock, rock bottom, which the point where I don't even know if I want to continue living, like what's the point anymore? And I started really studying God and the Bible and really going to church because I was curious. I was fascinated to understand what it is that he wants with my life, what I can do to improve, to become closer to him and ultimately just be a happier person, man. And so when I take that route, I made a full commitment to step away from the world. And obviously nobody's perfect. I get that. But I made the commitment to be conscious about the things that I'm actually doing. I know that it's wrong, right? Like if you don't know something is wrong, you just do it. But but when you have God and the spirit in, in you, it's, it's weird to explain this stuff. But it's almost like before I say something bad or do something, like I, I just feel it, man. Like there's like something talking to me in my ear. I just get this like this feeling in my heart that don't do it. Like this is wrong. Don't say it. Don't say it. 
And I started getting this feeling and this feeling really helped me throughout this whole journey to just get closer to God. That was about four years ago. Never looked back. Um, once I got it on this journey, it was about two months after that where I quit my job and I invested my life savings into a business coach in Canada at the time. Um, this business coach helped me to create my own business. My first business was a fitness coaching business uh, purely, purely because it was something I already had the knowledge of. And I didn't want to spend the time to, to learn another skill before I could actually start selling the thing because I knew fitness. I just figured that's the quickest and easiest gateway for me to start making money. This was four years ago. That went really well, extraordinarily well, because I didn't have all of these external factors influencing me anymore. I lost all my friends in the process of, you know, just trying to be better. So I was just alone in an apartment um, at the time after I invested in this business coach. I just had enough money for two months to live. That's it for rent. That's it. I didn't have anything else. I had to move in with my room with one of my best friends at the time. But now we were in weird, weird situations because we weren't really friends anymore because he was partying all the time. So I moved into my own place, only had money for two months. And I just worked nonstop. Like it was like I had no, you know, I didn't have another option. And from there, one thing just led to the other thing. And it just kept, kept on going up. And man, I've been so extremely blessed these last four, four years. Like I can't even explain to people how happy I am when I wake up in the morning. And this has nothing to do with money. Like the money is the byproduct of me doing what I love to do on a daily basis. It's awesome. Everyone wants to make money. I don't think there's a problem with making money or wanting big things. But if I made 10% of what I make a month now, and I'm just able to do what I do now, beyond stoked dude like this is it and i think because i went through that really bad stage i'm able to really enjoy what i'm doing now and really value this stuff you know edwin the biggest thing for me the biggest realization and the most profound thing and it's a very mainstream quote in the christian world that you always see uh, if things don't work out just trust the process you know you always hear these kind of words but it never really like hits you until you've been through this journey and you just take a second and you think by yourself like everything that's that never worked out for me in the past when I look back now it's all been there for it's crystal clear as to why everything in my life didn't work out the way it did back when I was working an eight to five job if I made what I made now a month I would probably be dead by now every week and I'd be in clubs and just doing all of these things and you know spending all this money I would I've done all of that and this uh, th this picture is evident throughout my whole life even university I couldn't get into the university where I really wanted to go, where all my friends went to, which is the party university of South Africa. It's a real student life. I couldn't get in there. And all my friends went there. If I went in there, I would never have gotten my degree cum laude and all of this stuff. So it's just, it's just so profound to me when I look back at how God has placed all these obstacles, you know, to kind of save me in the moment. But in the moment, you're like, just don't understand this. Like, why is this happening to me? But once you look back and you realize all of these things, and I've really looked at this picture where I'm now at a point where some, when, when an obstacle or something happens in my life and it doesn't work out the way I want it to, because I understand everything that God has done in my past for me, I have complete, I don't even have to explain it, but I'm not even faced if something doesn't even work out for me the way it, I wanted to in the moment, because I'm trusting the process that something better is going to come. And that's just really helped me in this whole journey, you know? And I know I could talk about this for hours because I've had such a big history, but I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a recap. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I, th I think the word that came to me at the very end of that was faith. 
you know what, you didn't know what the answers were, but you had the the courage to step forward anyway. And it sounds that's what it sounded like to me, man. Yeah, it's it, it's been it, like I said, it's it's just been a beautiful journey. And if I can just get others and inspire some other youngsters, because Edwin, I know this is such a big problem. I speak to so many youngsters because of what I do now in the influence and stats. I would say like ninety percent of people under the age of thirty, so between twenty and thirty. I think that's like the first time when you start working, get out of university, mm -hmm. you, know, you start earning your own money. That's when a lot of people start to get mental health issues and a lot of stress and anxiety. It's a difficult phase because you're kind of trying to find things. And I find that there's, that's where a lot of people try kind of get off the road and get into the wrong things. So if, if I can just inspire some other youngsters to just get on the right path and just put all of this stuff and to realize that what they think is the problem isn't the problem. Just get closer to God and find out what the right route is and just get closer to him. I, it's very difficult for me to explain this stuff in words because it's just like it's just in my heart all the time you know but yeah man if i can just help others in difficult situations and just inspire them to get closer to god to helping them become better people happier people then i'm super stoked yeah i think you and i share that that passion timon because uh, if it's if it's one question i get from that age demographic that you just mentioned it is how do i find my purpose so, All the time. so there is a, I think you nailed it early on in your origin story was when you got curious, that mm. was really the beginning of your journey. And I, I, I am finding people want answers instead of a process of discernment where they, they have to get curious. They have to dig, they have to try, they have to take risk that, that I think that's the issue, it, it, whether it's mm. society or social media it doesn't matter. I think the, the second thing you mentioned beyond curiosity was awareness, that your so. your level of self-awareness raised to a point where you could then control your thoughts a little bit and keep yourself on a journey rather than, you know, you made a commitment. That, that's, that's the easiest way I can say that, or because you said it, you, you committed and and therefore you you move forward and i believe with that focused intention over time multiplied times your your spiritual belief in your vision that that's how you built momentum is that fair to say yeah that's 100 percent. that is that is that is so spot on for sure it's just been compounding you know albert einstein said the eighth um, wonder of the world is compound interest and it's just so accurate in all in all areas of life really like it all just compounds man you do the work on the business side it just compounds over time. And I, I think the same with faith and all of this stuff, it just compounds drastically over time. As you become more curious, you learn more across time. Things can only get better and improve. Edwin, I have a question for you, if you're, if, if I could ask you. Of course. I'd love to get your opinion on this thing because this has happened now a lot in my, in my journey. And I don't think I'm the best person to answer this. And it's always a difficult situation for me. So I have a best friend and it's gotten to the point where I get a lot of messages from other people with the same situation. So obviously a lot of people watch my content and I do post a lot of Christian content in between my content. And so I get a lot of questions about that, questions which I don't know how to answer. And so I want to talk to you about the one question that seems to pop up a lot, which I never really know how to address. And this problem comes with my best friend too. So my best friend, he isn't a believer, right? But he genuinely 
wants to believe. He's, he's, he's very curious about this whole thing. He's, he's extremely curious about this whole thing. So he's not like your typical atheist that's like, nah, it's, it's, it's nonsense or whatever. Like he is to the point where he wants to believe so badly, but he just can't find himself. He finds himself like, for example, if he sits down and prays, it just feels ridiculous to him because it just feels like he's speaking to nobody. So he just doesn't know how to connect. And, and he's always coming to me and, you know, with advice, like, how can he, like, he just wishes something could happen in his life. So he could be like, man, like, I believe it now. And he's a person that's very honest. So he doesn't lie to himself by telling me he believes 100%. He's honest to me and himself. He wants to believe. He wants to believe everything, but he just can't. He doesn't know what to do, how to get to that point. And I get a lot of people that ask me, they're just at the beginning of the, of the Christian stage and like the phase, what do I recommend they do? Like, how can they get closer to God? Like, what, do, what is the first step to take if you want to take the step? And I just never know how to answer that. Yeah. Wow. That is a big, heavy one, Timo. I would say they're... they're well, I'll start it this way. I think our responsibility as, as the other side of the conversation is to hold the space for them to ask the question. I, I think it's beautiful that your friend can ask you this and other people believe they can sit with you and be vulnerable enough to ask the question. I think that takes some courage um, and love right there for them to be able to to, to ask. So clearly you're holding the space for them. I'm not confident I have the answer for people when they come to me and ask me that question. I think the answers must be self-discovered. So my second thing that I do beyond holding the space is um, I, I think what I can help them do is create the silence so they can hear and maybe they can see what's at work in the world right now. Hmm. So what does that mean? I, I, I take that from the Stoic philosophy that silence is, is key. So I think when we're too connected with the world, using your language, to, oh, the, 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 the worldly connections that we have, that's very noisy. I think we miss the cues that are coming from the universe, right? From, from, from God. I think the, the answers and the signs are all there that can create that foundation of belief for someone. But I think they have to be silent enough to control the thoughts so that they can get authentically curious. It's not going to smack them in the face. It's not going to be this magical epiphany. They're going to have to work for it a little bit. I, 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 don't, I don't believe God gives us anything other than nudges. Mm. So a nudge and a slap in the face, it's its not one of those bright, shining moments. So um, find someone you can talk to, express your, your concern, your curiosity, your resistance, and then learn to sit still. I think those are the first three steps that have to occur before you can even move down a journey to, to understand and discover. Um, and it's a personal journey, Timo. I, I, I don't think... I don't think my my journey may serve as a framework and your journey as well, but it's not their answer. It's not black and white. Yeah. Mm. I, I know that's not a, a solid answer, but I guess that's what came came to my oh, mind when you were saying that. Yeah. No, I, I I feel that. And I think what, what makes it so difficult in this scenario 
because obviously when people ask these questions you immediately think back to you and your journey right because you think that what you did that is the answer to the thing it's like in normal terms if people ask me how do you grow on social media well i i just show them what worked what has worked for me so and and on the christian based things when when people ask questions like this it's just natural for you to look back at like you know how you've done it because you want to advise based on that but that isn't really the case here this isn't a black and white it's it's a very difficult situation especially the scenario with my best friend is i was in a very dark dark place and i wanted to get out of this dark place and that resolved me to you know start getting curious and going to church and reading the bible and getting fascinatedly curious about this whole thing he does very well for himself he's very happy he does great he's had an awesome life so this person to me is it's a gray area because i he doesn't have that motivation i don't know what you want to call it but he doesn't have that drive i don't know how to explain it but i think that's what really makes the situation difficult for me i i get that because when you're at rock bottom you only have one way to look yeah right that, yeah. that's that's up um or not right you you have the other choice which is to to check out but yeah. when you're at rock bottom there's one direction that you can look i think in your your friend's case um I, I think there is some biblical foundation for the practice of gratitude that opens some some avenues of awareness, right? That, okay, I am doing really well. I, I, I am not suffering. I am not struggling. Let me start my journey with a practice of gratitude. So uh, again, Timon, I think it's it's our responsibility to ask the questions because when we tell them our version of the story, our story, that's mentoring. Mm, when, mm. when people want to know what you did and they want to replicate what you did, I appreciate that. And that is a strategy. But I think in mm. a coaching situation, when we're really trying to help people synthesize their answers, we've got to be the better question asker. Yeah. So what is the resistance that you're feeling right now? What is, what is it that um, you're curious about? Why are you curious? You know, get down, get down in those levels of why, 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 and what, and how, and, and all those wonderful questions, and then get them to synthesize what the options are moving forward, and have them commit to one. And then your 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 responsibility at that point is accountability. So that seems like a coaching process with your friend, not a mentoring process, in my opinion. I mean, both can work. I just think a coaching strategy is is probably more appropriate for people who who aren't at rock bottom, who aren't making just a, a binary decision of I'm checking out, I'm looking up. Great. Mm -hmm. Let me let me catch you on this looking up. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. No, that's that's great advice. Great advice for sure. Yeah. So uh, obviously you have had several um, pivotal moments in, in your origin story that have created opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for you. What would you say to those 25, 30 year olds who, who are at the beginning of their curiosity journey? I know what what advice I would have liked. Uh, do, do you know who Gary V is? Gary Vaynerchuk yeah, is? Absolutely. So I, I'm a, I'm very fond of his kind of content and, and what he posts when it comes to things like gratitude and business decisions and life decisions and stuff. I like what he, what he talks about there. 
And I wish I had that when I was 25 to 30. I think if I think well, I'm only 28 now, um, but when I was <laughs> to 30, I think the biggest thing for me was if I could go back and try and do things a bit differently, I would want Gary V to tell me, Timon, what are you most passionate about? What do you enjoy most in the world? Triple in all on that. Go in all on that. Because I, uh, a long time in my life, I was chasing money. I was chasing what I thought was success, right? Instead of going with what I genuinely like and going all in the, on that one thing. Because I was, I was so, and I think this is a problem for a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to. I think we fall so in love with the end picture of something. I'll give you a practical example. So when I was in, in school, I watched the series Suits. Have you ever seen Suits before? Absolutely. Basically, obviously, for the people that don't know, it's obviously just these high-spec lawyers that make a lot of money. They're sitting in these cool offices. So I fell in love with that picture, right? Top, nice office. You get the girls, you get the money, like you just get everything, man. And so I fell in love with that because I, I want to, who would have wanted that, right? And so that's why I went to university and studied what I studied. That's why I studied financial management because I figured if I study finances, I'll get a cool office. I can wear suits and tie, probably get a nice spot somewhere. And I associated that picture with money, girls, and all these things that, you know, you want as a youngster growing up. But when it actually got to me after four years at university, getting my degree, getting my postgraduate degree, getting to the corporate life, where I actually realized what is necessary to do for the next 20 years before I can actually see this image that I saw on TV, I just realized it wasn't worth it. There's no way I can do this every day for the rest of my life to wear a suit or get a nice office. And I think this is the same thing for everyone in a lot of situations. We get so obsessed with the end picture, with the end thing. Like, do you know how many people I talk to that say, Timon, I want to be an influencer so bad. I just want to be a really big creator. That's cool. But just take a step back. Do you like editing content? Do you like post-production? Do you like looking at the analytics? Are you okay speaking into a camera? Or do you just want a lot of followers? Because if you want followers, that's cool. But if you don't like the steps in between to, to doing that, you're going to hate it. If you hate post-production, you don't like editing, you're not good at that stuff, then you're not going to like being an influencer. And I think a lot of people fall in love with this end picture, like me, suit, bunch of people, influencer. They fall in love with all of this stuff. Instead of focusing on you and what you genuinely like and just going all in on that. And that is why I believe that my growth on social media has been so good because there's nothing I love to do more than producing content. I love the post-production side of it. I love to plan my scripts. I love the nerdy side of it to see the analytics, how something performs and look at my analytics, how, how I can improve, what makes people tick. I'm fascinatedly obsessed with the process of doing it. And that is why you know, I get the results that I do. But if I knew this at a younger age, if I just, if someone could just tell me, Timon, just go all in on what you love, man. Just like go all in on that. And then you're able to work so much harder on the thing because you actually love doing it. You know, on weekends, I work all the time because my hobbies is what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. I love fitness. I've incorporated that into what I do for a living. I love content. I've incorporated that into what I live in living and so i'm just an overall happier person regardless of take money out of the picture i just do what i love to do every single day so i can work 13 hours a day where your average person can work six seven eight hours a day they're exhausted they can't wait for the weekend to just chill get some downtime i don't have that 
because my work feels like I'm always doing what I love to do, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the disconnect for a lot of people. Timon is that they, they have passion, but I think the passion dies on the vine because they attach its potential to make them money mm, uh, mm, um, mm. And, and survival. Okay. I want to mm. quit my nine to five job and I'd love to go weld uh, you scrap metal to make figurines. Let's use that example. Um, how do I make money with that? You know, and, and then, th then there's the mm -hmm. disconnect that, well, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't practice my passion. I can't do what I want to do because I can't make money from it. And therefore I can't survive. So I've got to settle. I've mm -hmm. got to work the nine to that five. Well, wow, so relatable what you just said there. So relatable. And again, I'm quoting Gary Vee because I don't want to take um, credit for this stuff because I see a lot of stuff from, from, from Gary Vee. And he also says like, before 30 years old or before you, you get married or have children, that is the time to take massive risk, like never, ever before, because you don't have all these other issues. You don't have a family. You don't have children in school. You don't have a wife. It's just you. Get an apartment with 10 of your friends, sleep on the floor and take massive risk because otherwise you're going to grow up. And before you close your eyes, you have a family. You've built up the scenario which you just gave there. And then it becomes exponentially more difficult to take that Absolutely. risk. Then it's much more difficult for me to say, follow your passion, quit your job, make pots for a living. It changes the scenario completely, which is why, you know, it's very easy for me to communicate and talk to youngsters about this stuff because you think you have the world's stress and all of this stuff, but you really genuinely don't. You don't have children. You don't have big things holding you back. You know, I mean, if you have to get a waitering job and serve tables just to make some income so you can do on the side what you really want to do, give it five years. If it didn't work out, at least, you know, you put everything in, in there. Obviously, I'm still relatively young myself, but I can only assume if I stayed on the career of at the eight to five job by the time I was 40, my biggest regret would have been not doing what I wanted to do. I, I just know that. And I've spoken to a lot of older people and they do say that they're just so you know, when you speak to anyone, they say they never talk about the awesome things. They talk about the things that they mostly regret. So I'm a person where I say, if you don't have kids and children, all of these things, stay with five friends in a place, split the rent, do what you want to do, like go all in on that. What do you have to lose? Yeah. And for the individual who does have the responsibility of, of the, of the world, right? They're, they're a little bit older. They do have mm, mm, the wife, mm. the family. What advice would you have for them with regard to that passion? That is a very difficult situation. That is a very difficult situation. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, when I answer these questions, I always think about my personal journey and I can give advice based on that. But because that's a little bit out of my reach and I cannot really put myself in the shoes of that scenario of, you know, I'm not in a relationship. I don't even have a goal. So it's very difficult for me to put myself in that, in that situation. Um, I think you might be able to answer that one better, to be honest. Yeah, that that is um, another one of those those great questions that I, that I get quite quite frequently. And I, I I think when you are carrying, and I don't want to call it a burden, when you're carrying that level of responsibility, your passion still wants to breathe and live. So I would say exercise the passion get good at whatever you're wanting to get good at, be curious. And I, I think the opportunity will come when people know what your passion is. So express it in the world. 
showcase mm. it on social media, tell people what you love to do, because the mm. more people hear that, the more connections to opportunities you have. And mm. before you know it, the side hustle could turn into a full-time full career time. Uh, of exactly what you want to do. So I would say exercise the passion and let people know what your passion mm. is. 100%. And I think it also depends on your pain level, right? If you say you don't like your situation, like if you say you don't like your situation, do you just mean you just like a little bit more money or do you dread what you're doing every single day of your life? Yeah. You know, yeah, I think yeah. there's a big difference between the pain point of what is your pain level in your situation? Is it excruciating or you just want more money? Like, you know, like I think that also definitely plays a big role at the end of the day. Um, I can only assume once you get to that level, it doesn't matter how much pain you you experience that your family becomes the number one priority at the end of the day. And Absolutely. Always, you, know, you, will, you will go through hell for your family at the end of the day. I'm not in that situation, but I'm just referring to like my mother and like my father and whatever. If I had to do my eight to five job to keep my mom, uh, keep food on my mom's table, 110%, I would have done that job. So I can only assume you would do the same for your children. And th that's the thinking they... Um, but it's very, very powerful what you mentioned there regarding exercising it and just getting really good at that one thing. And I, I think another another really big thing is, and this might be, be more difficult for the older generation, is the fact that everything is now built on socials, right? Brand is now 100% built on social media. That's where things are at. If you're not really good at dominating on social media, regardless of your craft, when we look at businesses, it's going to be very hard for you to do well at the end of the day. But we're also very fortunate because we have the internet at scale. So if you have a traditional passion, NFL, right? My passion is NFL. How can I make money? I like an NFL. I'm not an NFL player, but I like it. Start a podcast, dude. Start a YouTube channel, dude. Start talking about all of this interesting stuff because there are millions of other people interested in NFL. Before you know it, you get your channel monetized and you can make money that way. And later on, you get other companies as branding deals and they sign them and they get paid you as well. So I think we've evolved to the point where pretty much every passion you can turn into dollars over the long term if you're really passionate about it and you go really hard at it with the online space. I think the difficulty comes in because a lot of people have, might have limiting beliefs about that. Who's going to listen to my channel or how would I even do that? Or, you know, all of these kind of factors definitely play a role too, especially on the older generation side. Yeah, I think um, we've covered the first two laws that 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 must be enacted in that situation. You have to commit, mm. right? Um, mm. I think that that's that's the first thing, and you've got to have faith. You're not going to know all the answers. It's not going to be perfect. Oh, it's going to be ugly. Uh, you're you're going to go up and down a little bit, um, mm. but but the the dollar cost averaging, if you will, and the return on investment is going to pay you back. Uh, um, very well. Timon, thank you for your your insights. I think these are, are incredible insights from, I think, one of today's most captivating influencers out there. <laughs> I, I, I sincerely you. appreciate your words and the light that you, you share with us in the world. You are, you are so welcome. Thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate the kind words too. Um, it really helps to have these kind of conversations to hear that there's actually other people being inspired and stuff. And, you know, and Jordan Peterson has this thing where, do you know Jordan Peterson? Uh, absolutely. Love him. He has this one thing where he said he challenges you to find something more rewarding than doing something for other people. 
I don't know exact quote, but it does have something that goes about that. He's like, I challenge you to find something more rewarding than doing something for someone else. Like he defies you to find something else. And man, this hits home so hard because nothing more warms my heart when I wake up in the morning and I read these messages and stuff from these youngsters and these, you know, these cool kids um, that are just like, fascinated and looking up to me because I know what a big influence it can have in the world like when I just always think to myself because you probably know all about limiting belief systems and what people believe in world paradigms and how everything affects everything I don't think people realize how powerful it really is and how much of an influence people really have on you but if if the top 10 influences in the whole world right the biggest players Logan Paul Jake Paul the real big guns if they were to talk about God and how God has changed and affected their life and influenced their life, it would literally change the lives of millions of people, even if they didn't really realize the extent to which it does. Because when I look at myself, I'm just a peanut compared to those guys. But the amount of people that send that message to me, when I meet people, it's no longer the boring conversations when someone sees me in the shop like, hey, how long have you been gymming? Or how long have you been working out? It's real meaningful conversations. Timon, your messages are so powerful. It's honestly brought me closer to God. You've inspired me to be, try to become a better person. It's real meaningful stuff. And I feel like there's a big gap in the influencing and creative space, especially people my age, to just bring positivity in the world, you know, and just try and encourage others to just, just be the best version they can be.